Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we ask how do you prefer to watch football? Do you like to go to the stadium and soak up the atmosphere and excitement? Do you love to watch at home on TV? Or maybe you're one of those who likes to watch on TV but in a public place such as a sports bar or a viewing centre. Uh, majority of the time will be the sports bar because that's when I can get the camaraderie of my fellow, my fellow supporters, my Arsenal supporters. It's better to go to the stadium but sometimes you feel like as a female some of the language that's used at the stadiums, I wouldn't take my my child to go watch a match. Also we catch up with the latest in the English Premier League. Are Manchester United hot favourites for the title now? Plus your thoughts on who's the greatest ever African in the English Premier League. Well that's all coming up later but first there were plenty of shocks in the final games in qualifying for the 2018 African Nations Championship Finals to be held in Kenya. This is the tournament for home-based players, so it is rather unpredictable as the teams play without their foreign-based stars. But no one would have expected the holders DR Congo to be eliminated, but they went out on away goals to neighbours Congo Brazzaville. Burkina Faso knocked out Ghana. Mali were beaten by Mauritania. 2014 champions Libya beat Algeria and Morocco knocked out Egypt. Nigeria and Ivory Coast did progress as expected, as did Cameroon, while Namibia beat the Comoros to qualify for the finals. Zambia beat South Africa 4-2 on aggregate also in the southern zone, while Uganda and Sudan also made it. So Solomon, the biggest of the surprises was to see the DR Congo going out as they've won two of the four editions of the African Nations Championship. For me, it's a shock and a huge surprise because if you look at the local league of these two nations, you cannot just compare them. And the Chan Championship promotes, you know, Africa-based players, local-based players. Uh, and if you look at, you know, the DR Congo, they have one of the strongest uh, league in, in, in Africa. You know, you have AS Vita playing so well from Kinshasa. You also have uh, Tipi Mazambe from Lumumbashi. So a lot of the players come from these uh, two major teams. And, you know, if we look at uh, other teams that have been knocked out, just like DR Congo, Ghana, uh, was knocked out by Burkina Faso, uh, you know, Mali uh, beaten by Mauritania. Remember also, Mali was a finalist last time around. They lost to uh, DR Congo in the last championship in Rwanda. And if you look at Algeria and Egypt, you know, being knocked out. And these two nations, they have one of the top leagues in, in, in Africa. Libya is not even running the league the way that it should because of the crisis in the country. Uh, but it's good to see Nigeria making a comeback. Uh, it's good to see Cote d'Ivoire also progressing and, and Cameroon. I guess they would be top seed. And uh, in a country like Namibia coming through uh, is just so huge for them and uh, definitely a highlight for them. Yes, some surprise results in Chan qualifying. And if you're in one of the countries that was involved in those final qualifiers, we love to hear your thoughts on those ties. Ghana and South Africa going out, Cameroon, Zambia, Namibia and Uganda all going through. So if you're in one of those countries, do let us know how the results were received there. Was there great excitement or big disappointment? 
Go onto our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Tell us uh, the reaction to the results in the Chan qualifiers in your country. Now, if you're a regular listener to Planet Sport Football Africa, I guess that you do get to watch a bit of football, maybe action in your own domestic league or maybe international football. But how do you prefer to watch the game? Do you like to go along to the stadium and soak up the atmosphere and the excitement? Do you love to watch at home on TV, getting to listen to the commentary and watch the replays, and to analyse the action in slow motion and listen to the experts at half time? Or maybe you're one of those who likes to watch on TV, but in a public place such as a sports bar or a viewing centre, where you get a mixture of the stadium experience and the TV experience. Well, I spoke to fans here in Zimbabwe and asked how they like to watch the game. I like to watch uh, the Premiership, the English Premiership football. The, I think the, I like the, the quality of it, the broadcast of it, the, the speed, the players, you know, I think it's the best. And uh, where do you watch? At home, sports bar, where do you go and watch? Uh, majority of the time will be the sports bar because that's when I can get the camaraderie of my fellow, my fellow supporters, my Arsenal supporters. Uh, but also I have DSTV at home if I want to catch it by myself on the days the wife won't let me go. A bit of uh, both uh, local soccer and um, the English Premiership. Uh, usually if it's EPL, of course I watch from the TV, but if it's local soccer, I prefer to go to the stadium. It's better to go to the stadium, but sometimes you feel like as a female, some of the language that's used at the stadiums, I wouldn't take my, my child to go watch a match because they're bound to learn some very foul language. And what makes the stadium so exciting for you? It's just the atmosphere. It's just being, you know, just being in that place, seeing it live and not having to have to be, it's having it relate to you by a second person, but just being there. Um, I watch a bit of both. I prefer, I prefer the local league, the Zimbabwean Football League, because I get to watch the live games and go to the stadium and feel the impact of the game. It's the atmosphere and everything. It, it's, it's, you can't compare that to watching it on TV. Um, I like watching international football, particularly my, my, my team, Manchester United. Uh, whenever there's a big game associated with that uh, team, I always watch. And whenever there's a big game which has nothing to do with Man United, I, I also have an interest and I take one side of the two sides. Uh, and uh, local football, really, I, I, I really watch it uh, at least once every fortnight. Uh, either go to the stadium, I watch it at home, but definitely uh, my, 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 my life is, is full of soccer. Those are the thoughts of football fans here in Zimbabwe. So Solomon, how do you like to watch football most of all? At the stadium or on TV? Uh, remember that we were together at the Africa Cup of Nations finals there in South Africa back in 2013 and that was very exciting. Steve, for me, I definitely love to go to the stadium and watch uh, my football. Um, I feel watching it on TV it cannot be equated with going to the stadium and sitting down and you know from when you you get your ticket to going through security uh, to enjoying the whole vibe the singing the dancing and and the colorful you know celebration of goals and also just the atmosphere I think is just so so rich and and watching these players and seeing everything uh, for yourself with no commentator uh, you know, trying to analyze the game for you uh, because I feel there you get to get a first-hand experience and you get to also interact. You get to not just 
uh, watch a game of football, but you know, be part of the festivities, be part of the celebration. And that's what it's all about, especially in Africa, where a game of football doesn't just start and end in the 90 minutes, uh, the beginning and the end of it. But it starts right from when you're on your way to the stadium, when you see fans in, in buses, you know, go into the stadium. Uh, after the game, some of the fans not happy, some of the fans celebrating. And afterwards, it is, that's just the way that it is. So I really prefer to go to the stadium and watch my football game and and afterwards maybe i can you know catch the highlights on tv yes that's a one good way of doing it and uh, we spoke about safety and stadium tragedies a few weeks ago on the show uh, that's definitely a factor when it comes to watching football in many african countries it's a factor and, and i feel quite a, a lot of uh, people do get turned off by that especially when you want to go to watch the games with families or with with females who are, are sometimes vulnerable in the stadiums or you're going there to watch with, with young kids. And I feel we could do better. And sometimes even when you have a, a, a game where top teams come in, uh, you know, two top teams in the nation is playing, you would want to be able to, to make sure that the crowd is controlled because you might just, you know, have a big crowd coming to, uh, to, to watch a game. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Solomon. What about you, Stuart? Uh, we've been to a World Cup game together in Brazil. Uh, how do you compare the experience of watching on TV to actually being there? Well, Steve, I think there's just nothing beats being there, the atmosphere. And of course, if something dramatic happens to be able to save the rest of your life, I was there. I mean, take last week, Usain Bolt ran his last ever race and I was there and I can say that for the rest of my life so that's why I think if you have the chance to be in the stadium and to see it for yourself uh, it's different now in England we have a tradition of watching our team home and away so there's a lot of football supporters who support let's say Manchester United or Everton or Chelsea who will try to watch all their home games and get to as many away games as they can and there's a great camaraderie of doing it with friends, of being together, of being in the same part of the, the stadium, all supporting your team. I suppose the downside is just the hassle of actually getting there and getting back home. And of course, um, uh, when you're at the stadium, you don't get all those action replays and you don't have the commentator pointing out something you might have missed. So there's that aspect as well. And I suppose the compromise, which is becoming more common in the UK, particularly since Sky Television has most of the Premier League and not everyone can afford that in their home, the compromise is to watch it in the pub. So you're watching with a crowd of people, you get some of the atmosphere, and you don't have the cost of going to the game or the hassle of getting back. And just one other thing now, Steve, this is not my generation, but of course a lot of the younger generation in the UK will watch live football on their phone. And, you know, I think that could change things dramatically. Interesting, yes, uh, the effects of new technology. And now, Stuart, there have been suggestions over the years that having football shown live on TV will keep people away from going to the stadiums. But uh, in England, there are still huge crowds despite the TV coverage and people pay large amounts for tickets, even though they could watch the game on TV. Well, you try to get a ticket for a Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, etc. game, and you will find that even if the game is on live television, it's sold out, and sold out often weeks in advance. I just think there 
are enough people who want to keep up that tradition of going to watch their team live that the fact that the game is on live television doesn't seem to affect the crowd in any way. Of course, we have certain rules in the UK that television can only screen matches at certain times. For example, on a Saturday, you can do a lunchtime game and a tea time game, but you cannot show anything live at 3 p.m., the traditional time when most games take place. Because the fear is that you won't stop people going to Manchester United if Manchester United is on television. But if Manchester United against Chelsea is on television, you might stop people going to watch Crystal Palace or you might stop them going to watch Oxford United. And that's something which the authorities are sensitive to. Right. Well, thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be talking English Premier League in a bit. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Then you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. Our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle at planetsportfa. And now we turn to social media. Last week, the English Premier League celebrated 25 years of existence in its current format. So we asked, uh, who would you say has been the best African player ever to have played in the Premier League since its formation in 1992? We've had another huge response, so thanks to everyone who got in touch. And sorry if we don't get to read out your comment. To Facebook first and Lamine Cham in Brazzaville in the Republic of Congo says no doubt it's Didier Drogba. He won the Premier League with Chelsea and was a golden boot contender several times. I think his record is better than any other African player who's performed in the Great League in the 25 years of its existence. Thanks, Lamine. To another Lamine, that's Lamine Yusufa Kale in the Gambia, who agrees, saying, who other than Drogba? Because he won all the trophies in the Premier League. But Aliou Mohamed Barrow in Nigeria says, we have Nwanko Kanu from Nigeria. He gets my vote. On to WhatsApp, and Emma in Ghana agrees with Aliou, saying my choice is Kanu because he played the game with passion and translated the word African as hard workers in winning glories for the Ghanas. My second best would be Drogba and also Michael Essien of Ghana as they worked their hearts out in putting a shine on African players and in their quest to make Chelsea a powerhouse in England and in Europe as well. To Malawi now, and Paul Bello says, Benny McCarthy from South Africa is my choice. He was an outstanding player during his time at Blackburn Rovers, featuring in almost every game. Robertson in Cameroon says, I'll go for Samuel Eto'o. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking machine amongst Chelsea's legends. He's in line with Didier Drogba, but I've got to say that Drogba learnt from him. Well, that's an interesting view, Robertson, as Eto only played 21 times for Chelsea in the 2013-2014 season, so not really enough to qualify as a legend, although he did score nine goals for the Blues in that brief time. Uh, Barry in Sierra Leone, though, offers a possible explanation, saying Eto is the greatest African player to have played in the Premier League, although Drogba was the best performer of the African players in the Premier League. Yes, we were looking at who has performed best over the years, 
in the English Premier League. Mohamed Krubali in the Gambia says it's Didier Drogba because he's a legend. I saw Okocha, Kanu and SEN, but Drogba won everything, including the Champions League. Abdul Kadre Turai in the Gambia says, For me, it's Okocha. I know Rigobert Song played for my team, Liverpool, but that doesn't matter for me. JJ Okocha is my best player so far. By Matar Sanyang, also in the Gambia, says, I'll go for John Michelo B, because looking at his record with Chelsea, it speaks for itself. Winning the Premier League, the FA Cup, the League Cup and the Champions League, plus the Nations Cup with Nigeria. Thanks for those thoughts by Matar. And Winger Maimbolua is in Zambia. He says it has to be Didier Drogba. He did it all, scoring goals. He was a team player and won trophies. Without a doubt, it's Drogba, says Mwinga. And actually, most of you did agree with that thought there. Donald in Cameroon says, yes, it's Drogba who made me a diehard fan of Chelsea. Mohamed in the Gambia says it must be Drogba because of his scoring power and technical ability to find the net. He did everything he could to help his country, but on a club level with Chelsea, he won many trophies and the rest is history. Daniel in Ghana agrees. Uh, Fode G though, in the Gambia says, I think it's a tough question, uh, but Drogba gets my call, though the Toure brothers, Yaya and Kolo, are not far away, though. And finally, Musa K. Turai in the Gambia says, I'll go for Riyad Mahrez because he's the only African to win the English Premier League Player of the Year award. The likes of Drogba, Kanu, Okocha and others did wonders, but they didn't win that award. Well, good point there. Thanks so much for all of those comments. Again, sorry if we didn't get to read out your comment there. Uh, But let's throw that one to you, Solomon. If you're to pick your one best African from the 25 years of the Premier League, who would it be? My player, believe it or not, (laughs) I'm going to pick the Ghanaian left-footed striker, Tony Yeboah, who played for uh, Leeds United. I picked him because he brought in some sort of spectacular direction to the EPL. You know, he his goals are just spectacular. His his kicks are just spectacular. Uh, it was just he played in an era where it was almost like there was no any other striker that played with his kind of flair and style. You know, and and I feel he was a, a great ambassador uh, of uh, African football in the EPL. I mean, Kanu Wanko did well also. If you look at Kanu Wanko, look at the goals, uh, the hat trick he scored in the second half against Chelsea. Uh, those are great. But I, I would want to go with Tony Yeboah, the Ghanaian striker who had played for Leeds United. So Solomon going for someone different there. Ghana's Tony Yeboah, certainly a player and a half, uh, shining at Leeds in the English Premier League. Uh, Stuart, I know you go along with those who picked Didier Drogba. I think it's hard to argue with that because not only has Drogba played well, he scored so many goals for Chelsea, but not only has he scored goals for Chelsea, he scored important goals for Chelsea and he's won trophies with Chelsea. He's been a talisman, he's been a leader, and of course, he's one of these African players who's been totally committed to his country, helping the Ivory Coast to reach World Cups and do well in the Cup of Nations. So I think that's an excellent call, and I suppose the only one that you could say that you might need to consider alongside him would be Yaya Torre, because again, he's been so successful at Manchester City. 
Thanks, Stuart. Yes, I must say I'm uh, surprised there wasn't much support there for Yaya Toure. Uh, certainly, he's a player of the very highest quality. Well, this week on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, uh, how do you prefer to watch football? Our main topic on the show today. So uh, do you like to watch at the stadium? Do you prefer to watch on TV or maybe to go to a viewing centre or to a sports bar to watch the game? Give us your thoughts. Uh, go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two. Two three two seven eight zero. Let's go straight back to Stuart Weir in the UK and focus on the English Premier League now. A lot of happy Man United fans around the world, Stuart, after two big wins in their first two games. So, do they look like potential champions? Well, they certainly look a lot better than they have done in the last two or three seasons, and I think that two main reasons explain that. I think the signing of Matic has been absolutely brilliant because it has freed Pogba to go forward more. And of course, Lukaku was bought to score goals and he started off pretty well. So if they can keep that going, they must be in with a great shot. Don't forget, though, Jose Mourinho's very sensible comments last week, reminding everyone that Manchester United won their first two games last season and finished sixth. You could also say that they've played against Swansea and West Ham, who are more likely to be relegated than to win anything. And interesting, Manchester United's upcoming games are against Leicester, Stoke, Everton, Southampton and Palace, none of whom are really top, top teams. And it's not until the 14th of October that Manchester United have a really tough game away to Liverpool. And it'll be really interesting to see when that comes, how many of I think it will be seven games they've played, that they will have won. If they've won all seven, I think they're very serious contenders. And Steve, talking about United, it's great to see the Ivorian defender Eric Bailly scoring against Swansea. Uh, You might say that Swansea was so poor he didn't have a lot of defending to do, so he was able to nip up the other end and score. But I think he was one of the best signings last season, and I'm looking for another strong season for him this year. Yes, let's hope so. And congrats to Eric Bailly on getting his debut Man United goal. And uh, Stuart, what's wrong with Tottenham when it comes to Wembley Stadium? This, their temporary home, and they seem to be really struggling there. Well, first of all, let's give you the good news. 73,587 people attended that game, which is 41,000 more than their last game at White Hart Lane. So, Financially, it's a good move for the moment. Now, I think there are three problems. White Hart Lane, their old ground, was a very compact stadium. The fans were very close to the pitch. Wembley, there's a great distance between the seats and the pitch. Exactly the same as West Ham experienced when they went to the Olympic Stadium and their form struggled. I just think there is the lack of atmosphere in some ways. Also, adjusting to a new ground is always difficult. I mean, when Arsenal moved to the Emirates, it took them a while to adjust. And the other thing is that everyone loves to play at Wembley. And Antonio Conte, the Chelsea manager, made this point after the game at the weekend by saying that everyone will love coming to Wembley. They'll raise their game. And that's another thing which is hard for Tottenham. But look, before we get carried away, Chelsea were good. But don't forget that Ugo Lochis the Tottenham goalkeeper, made a very uncharacteristic error for Chelsea's second goal. 
Harry Kane missed a great chance and he also hit the post. So Tottenham could actually quite easily have won that game. So let's not write them off too soon in the season. Yes, Tottenham doing so well last season that there will be high expectations again from their fans this season. And Stuart, Newcastle United are back in the Premier League after just a season down in the Championship, a team that's had a liking for African players for quite a while. Well, yes, but they, they haven't started very well. They've lost both their games, in fact. But now, Rafa Benitez, I thought, was very honest after the defeat at Huddersfield uh, when he said the team has not adjusted to the Premier League. And he also said he, he was very frustrated at the number of players the club had been close to signing but had been unable to close the deals. So he's saying, look, I don't think my squad is strong enough for the Premier League. And even those who are, are taking a little while to adjust. But again, let's not get carried away and say that Newcastle are doomed because they lost 2-0 at home to Tottenham. But they were competing well until John Joe Selby got himself sent off. And, you know, they lost away to Huddersfield. And that's two teams who were promoted last season. So not really a disastrous result. I would expect Newcastle to finish mid-table. Now, with regard to the African players, great to see the Ghanaian player, Christian Atu playing both games so far for Newcastle and great to see that he's finally managed to nail down a starting place for the team having you know been at Chelsea and Bournemouth and in Spain for a bit and uh, Chancel Memba from DR Congo has also been involved and Mohamed Diami from Senegal has had one sub appearance so uh, the African presence is still there but you know the other thing that you have to say of the Premier League that if you ask me now to name five clubs that I think are most likely to be relegated, inevitably you start with the three that came up because you know they're new to the Premier League. Newcastle perhaps have the advantage of having played a lot in the Premier League, but it's tough to survive. So um, let's not be too surprised that Newcastle have not started brilliantly. Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, Stuart, what else has caught your eye? Steve, I was delighted to see Modo Barrow from Gambia scoring his first goal for Reading, in fact, the winner against Aston Villa. And he's been involved in all four of Reading's league games so far. Sadly, they've only won one of the four, two defeats and a draw as well. But great to see him again getting starting time. And I think this could be a breakthrough season for him. Leicester manager Craig Shakespeare has praised Riyad Mahrez who has made no secret of the fact that he wants to leave Leicester. But Shakespeare said, you know, he has made that statement, but since it, he's been very professional. He comes into training and works really hard. And what Shakespeare then said, that shows that he's been respectful of the club and his teammates. So good words there for Riyad Mahrez. Now, Steve, it's quite interesting that Swansea City, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Brighton and Newcastle have all failed to score in their first two games this season. And the last time five teams failed to score in the first two games in the top flight of English football was 1969. Congratulations to Wayne Rooney, who scored his second goal for Everton when they drew at Manchester City. It was his 200th goal in the Premier League, something that only Alan Shearer before him has done. Finally, Steve, I just want to mention two interesting little incidents that people may have spotted over the weekend. Sadio Mane scored for Liverpool 
and ran over to celebrate with Jurgen Klopp, but would immediately sent back, reminded that the game was still on and he should be defending rather than celebrating. I thought that was quite an amusing moment. And then there was a little bit of a naughty moment. Now, this was in the Watford-Bournemouth game, and Nathaniel Chaloba was just about to shoot and possibly score when a voice behind him said, leave it! And that was Harry Arter of Bournemouth. And that was really quite a naughty thing to do. Had the official heard it, he would have got a yellow card. And I'm actually wondering if there would have been a case for a red card because he was denying a goal-scoring opportunity. Now, that's one to think about. Well, sometimes it's best not to listen to others and just to get on and do the right thing, I'd say. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, how do you like to watch your football most of all? Going to the stadium, watching on TV or going to a viewing centre, maybe? You can post a comment on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Also, if your country was involved in the Chan qualifiers last weekend, uh, let us know the reaction in your country, whether there was great celebration or great disappointment. Well, from me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.